Thursday, December the 16th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Fed quickens its taper and Omicron quickens its pace in Britain. First, the world in brief. The Federal Reserve said it would accelerate its, quote, tapering, the reduction of monthly bond purchases, in order to wind down economic stimulus and contain runaway inflation. From January, the central bank will reduce its asset buying by $30 billion every month, double its current pace. That means it should stop increasing the size of its balance sheet by March. Most Fed policymakers said they were prepared to raise interest rates three times next year. As recorded COVID-19 cases in Britain hit an all-time daily high of 78,610 on Wednesday, Chris Whitty, England's chief medical officer, warned that the Omicron variant was, quote, moving at an absolutely phenomenal pace and that a rise in hospitalizations was, quote, nailed on. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is resisting calls for more stringent anti-COVID restrictions. Some 656,000 Britons received booster injections on Wednesday. 80% of vulnerable people are now triple jabbed. Meanwhile, Canada urged its citizens to avoid all non-essential international trips to stem the spread of Omicron. Quote, I say very clearly, now is not the time to travel, Jean-Yves Duclos, the health minister, said. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, commiserated, quote, I understand this sucks. Ontario, the most populous province, capped the capacity of ice hockey stadiums at 50%. Reddit, a 16-year-old social media platform with a new reputation for roiling stock markets, disclosed that it filed a proposal with America's SEC to take itself public. It is anyone's guess how the firm that sent, quote, Meme stocks like GameStop and AMC to the moon will fare on the open market. Reuters has reported that Reddit hoped to be valued at a stonking $15 billion. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, told Xi Jinping, his Chinese counterpart, that he will attend the opening of the Winter Olympics in Beijing in February. Leaders of several Western countries, including America, Australia, Britain and Canada, are boycotting the event over China's human rights abuses. Germany will expel two Russian diplomats over the murder in 2019 of a former Georgian soldier who had been living in Berlin. A German court sentenced Vadim Krasikov, a Russian agent, to life imprisonment for the assassination, which it said the Kremlin had ordered. A spokeswoman for Russia's foreign ministry promised retaliation over the expulsions. Emirates, a Dubai-based airline, took delivery of the final A380 Super Jumbo to be built by Airbus. The world's largest airliner had already been flying against the prevailing wind before the pandemic, as carriers plumped for smaller, more efficient planes which can fly passengers on direct routes, bypassing huge connecting hubs. The squeeze that COVID-19 put on international travel accelerated the double-decker's demise. And fact of the day, 40%, the share of work done remotely in America, up from 5% before the pandemic. 
And now here's today's agenda. Bad blood in the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Closing arguments in the fraud trial of Elizabeth Holmes, the former chief executive of Theranos, begins on Thursday. No new evidence will be presented and the basic facts have long been known. Miss Holmes's company purported to have developed a miraculous tiny machine capable of performing up to 200 blood tests from a single drop. She received endorsements from apparently gullible big shots, including Joe Biden, Henry Kissinger and Steve Jobs. But the claims proved hollow. Did that constitute fraud, or merely the Silicon Valley ethos of, quote, fake it till you make it? Prosecutors must prove intent that she knowingly deceived investors. Miss Holmes claims to have suffered emotional and sexual abuse by Ramesh, quote, Sonny Balwani, her former partner and Theranos' president. He denies the allegations and will stand trial next year. If jurors think that she believed her own mistruths, or that the blame was someone else's, they could acquit her. Expect a verdict as soon as next week. The ECB mulls stimulus plans. As the pandemic struck, the European Central Bank administered a huge stimulus to the euro area's economy, hoovering up nearly 2 trillion euros, 2.3 trillion dollars of government bonds. At its policy meeting on Thursday, its governing council must ponder whether such emergency support is still needed. Output in the euro area has nearly regained its pre-pandemic level. Annual consumer price inflation at 4.9% in November is at its highest since the single currency was created. But parts of the zone are still experiencing outbreaks of COVID-19 and the economic consequences of the Omicron variant are uncertain. Nor is it clear that inflation will last. It seems to reflect one-off disruptions more than booming demand. Many economists, therefore, think the ECB will move cautiously. It is expected to say it plans to wind down emergency bond purchases, but it may top up an older bond-buying scheme. Interest rate rises may not be on the cards for some time. A friend for Jair Bolsonaro in the Supreme Court André Mendonça takes his seat on Brazil's Supreme Court on Thursday. The pastor and former Attorney General was appointed by Jair Bolsonaro, the President, as a way of fulfilling his promise in July 2019 to have someone, quote, terrifically evangelical on the top bench. Mr. Mendonça is Mr. Bolsonaro's second nominee in a lineup of 11 justices. Gradually packing the court, which is investigating the president, may be a way for Mr. Bolsonaro to avoid scrutiny. The inquiries include an alleged attempt to interfere with the police force which is investigating his children for corruption and spreading fake news. He is also accused of turning a blind eye to corruption in the procurement of COVID-19 vaccines. The president and his family all deny wrongdoing. Near the top of Mr Mendonça's to-do list will be considering a cut-off date for indigenous land claims. Mr Bolsonaro's other ally in the court, 
has already voted in favour. Strikes in Italy face an uphill battle. Italians hoping to finish off their Christmas shopping may face delays on Thursday because of a one-day strike called by two of the country's three main trade union federations, the Italian General Federation of Labour, CGIL, and the Italian Labour Union, UIL. Their beef is with the government's budget for 2022, the first to be drafted by Mario Draghi's broad coalition. The two federations say the budget does not do enough to foster job security or redistribute wealth. That view is contested by the third main labour association, the Italian Confederation of Workers' Trade Unions, which is shunning the walkout. The CGIL and the UIL together have around 7.5 million members, so they can cause bother. But health services will be unaffected and, by law, they must ensure public transport operates at peak times. With the strike limited by these factors, Mr Draghi can keep his eyes focused on his next prize, the presidency, which becomes vacant in February. An eerily timely adaptation of Station Eleven. Emily St John Mandel's dystopian tale was a hit after its publication in 2014, selling 1.5 million copies. Readers were gripped by the narrative, which switched between the year before a deadly swine flu kills 99% of humankind and year 20, when survivors have settled into disjointed communities. In June 2019, HBO Max said it would be adapting the book into a TV series. Then, of course, an actual pandemic took hold and the material seemed eerily prescient. As reports of fatalities make the news, one character hits the supermarkets to stock up on, quote, anything that looked like it might last a while. Having endured the real thing, it would be reasonable to assume that viewers might not want to relive the scenario on screen. Yet, Miss Mandel has reported increased sales of her book, and reviewers of Station Eleven, which is released on Thursday, have praised it as uplifting. Winter Quiz Week 1 It is time for another battle with our baristas. This week, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Thursday. What was the original name of Facebook's planned cryptocurrency? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jane Austen, who was born on this day in 1775. I do not want people to be very agreeable, as it saves me the trouble of liking them a great deal. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence. 
by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.